Have you ever wished that you could hear other people's conversations about being a disciple of Jesus? About the ups and downs, successes and failures, strengths and struggles of becoming more like Jesus? Not in an intrusive, eavesdropping, nosy, creepy kind of way, of course, but in a way that gives you insight and encouragement as you learn what it means to become more like Jesus. Well, welcome to the Para Podcast. We're wrapping up the Counting the Cost series with a conversation about the cost of serving. Now, when we talk about cost, we oftentimes think about financial costs and, and maybe even the cost of our time, because time is, uh, we're finally realizing as humans, it is not an infinite resource, but we're going to, we're going to get beyond time and financial costs pretty quickly in this conversation and get into bigger picture things that I think people don't talk about very often. But Jesus said, uh, before you do anything, you should count the cost, particularly before you decide to follow him, you should count the cost. Nick and Jenny Pollock, the guests we have on this episode, do a great job of talking about some of the real costs that we need to count when it comes to serving the rewards that come with counting that cost and paying those costs and uh, what they've learned and how they've grown through that. And I just think that we all can learn from their example. So without taking any more time, let's dig into the conversation. I thought of you guys when I was thinking about serving because like you live lives of service. Um, Your professions like are oriented around serving people. Uh, Your family is oriented around serving people and your home now uh, is is built around serving people. And so let's just give a little bit of context. Like what does all of that mean? So like Jenny, uh, what do you what do you do for a living? I work for 211. Okay. And so for those who don't know what like what's 211? I'm helping to connect people with the resources that are available. When you're going through a hard time, there's help there. But if you don't know, yeah, um, yeah. so that's what 211 is. See what I mean? Everybody who's listening. <laughs> uh, Nick, what do you do? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, so in one of my jobs, I'm a intensive home-based therapist. So mm-hmm. I go into homes and I work with kids that mm-hmm. have serious emotional issues. And uh, maybe they've been adopted or just biologically they have challenges. So, you know, I work with them at home, court, school and all that. So, and then I'm also a professor at Spring Arbor doing social work where I'm working with students to get them to prepared to go out and serve and help others. So, and then on, on top of that, cause it wasn't enough, you know, we have an animal assisted therapy farm where I do therapy with kids. So, yeah. you know, I try to see how many different ways I can maneuver. <laughs> How's the farm going, by the way, I haven't asked you guys that. It's always surprising. Um, we just got a turkey last week. <laughs> like Dora, the therapy turkey. Um, and she's amazing. <laughs> That's so but, great. That's yeah, so great. It's going good. Um, it's one of those pieces where we have some kids who have come out and have done it since the beginning. And then we have new ones that come and you can see that glow in the energy. And they might not be back, but I know it's impacted their lives. Sure, sure. Um, sure, there is an impact on the kids, but the animals are really fun too. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing pictures, like just on social, I love seeing pictures of you guys or your kids with like llamas or goats or whatever. Um, goats named Donut. Goats named Donut. Wow. Yeah, and someone found a pig the other 
a couple weeks ago yeah. on the side of the road and looked us up and and we now have Penny, uh, the pig, <laughs> yeah. and she's she'll like stand right next to you so you can give her a belly scratch and mm-hmm. then slowly she like melts to the ground and yeah. <laughs> how sweet uh it sounds like my dog like we have two dogs and one of my dogs does that like actually they both do it one if i walk up to her with my hands out like i'm gonna pet her she she just plops down and rolls over so i can give her a belly rub and the other one draws us to her she rolls over and puts her paws up by her face and she's like aren't i look at how cute i am aren't i so cute don't you want to pet me <laughs> and that's what i pictured when you it's not exactly what penny the pig does but that's what i pictured um and then you guys also have done uh foster care right like foster to adopt um which is another like see a need like people in need and like we could do something about that. And so when I say serving is in your DNA, like it's just how you're wired. Like it is, it is your whole, it feels from the outside looking in, like it's your whole life and uh, capturing it so succinctly makes it sound like it's your whole life. But, um, but serving isn't always easy and it's definitely not free. Um, every, I try to teach my kids a lesson when they were younger, like everything costs something. And, um, and I'm like, you prove me wrong, you know? And so they like, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I can point to costs. It's not always, and with a lot of what you're doing, it is oftentimes monetary costs, but, but it's, there are quote unquote soft costs involved time, energy, um, emotion, like all kinds of stuff. And so when I reached out and I was like, Hey, would you like to be on the episode? This is what I'm thinking about it. Jenny, your response was like, we talk about that pretty often about like, as we're considering doing something new, uh, what, what, what will this cost? You know? And so I, I just wanted to, to chat about that. Like what, what are those conversations like with you guys? Um, and, and you know, how, how many, how much do you talk about it as a couple? And how much do you involve your kids in it? Because you've got several kids and they're getting older, right? And so, or some of them anyway, are getting older. And so I could see how they could be involved in some of those conversations. And they are very involved, like the farm with the animals and stuff. So like, just just chat a little bit about like, how do those conversations go? Well, you know, like, so I'll share the story about foster care. Sure. Um, yeah. So originally we were actually talking about doing foster care, like when we first got married and you know, were like, okay, we'll have a couple of kids. We'll do foster care. Right. And then boom, we had four babies at one time and yeah. we're like, okay, that's on <laughs> hold. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Right. Like, yeah. you know, one to five kind of changes your life. <laughs> you, um, just, you just mentioned that very casually. And boom, we had four babies at one time. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we were like, okay, maybe that's not what God has in plans for us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Haley was like seventh grade. We're sitting down mm-hmm. waiting for the bus and a Smeritas commercial comes on and it says, you know, like, hey, you can be foster family and all that. And Haley goes, you know what? I, Dad, I think we should be a foster family. And I'm like, oh, okay, so tell me more, right? Like, give me your reasons, right? Mm. She's like, well, we have a nice house and we have some of these animals now and um, we're a loving family and, like, I think we have the room and our hearts for them. I'm like, okay, kind of hit me a little bit. And so Friday rolls around, you know, this was like Tuesday or Wednesday, and I'm like, hey, like, we don't have to do this. It just tugged on my heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Jen and I start talking. She's like, 
Brooke and I had the same conversation. And we're like, <laughs> no way. Uh, you know, like when God is working through your children and telling you like, yeah. hey, this is something you got to do. It's like, uh, and I think this has happened a couple of times in our lives. So we're like, yeah. okay, we're going to trust you. Yeah. You're telling our kids to do this. So like. How, I, how old was Brooke at the time? Because I, I can't remember the age gap between third him. Third grade, fourth grade-ish. She's maybe. like three years younger than Haley yeah. or so. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. like just that piece of like, okay, like let's dive into this and let's see how it goes. Like, um, and I think, you know, like at that cost piece, right? Like um, some of our family members didn't understand, mm. you know? And so like it did put a little bit of cost on our family, yeah. you know, like saying, hey, yep, we're going to bring kids in that might have challenges. And they're like, don't you have enough challenges and things going on? And we're like, yeah. yeah, but this is what God asked us to do. And, mm. you know, like I think, the reward of that is like our kids also grew from it, yeah. you know, and developed other skills. Um, because you say, you know, don't you have enough challenges already? Like having multiples, like that's challenging enough. But but also some of your kids have some special needs yep. that require quite a bit of time and energy. Um, and so it's it's not just, well, you've got a bunch of kids already and you've got jobs, but no, your, your lives literally have to revolve around the needs you could say that for any parent, like, yeah, my life has to revolve around the needs of my kids, but legitimately like the kind of vehicle you drive and how you care for at, at least one of your kids, you know, like just requires more time and energy and uh, dealing with medical fragility and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, so that just a little extra without getting into details and you guys can, I don't want to share more than you want to share. Right. But like, uh, that's where people come in and say, well, yeah, but don't you have enough already? But I, I think what was, um, talk on it. I'm going to get emotional. Um, but I, th- I think what was completely God is we were, we were uniquely positioned, right? Like because mm. of how our family had to operate, um, mm. because of looking, um, looking for the need that isn't explicit. Right. And like helping to, um, create empathy and right. Like we were, we felt like we were uniquely positioned to welcome in other kids Mm -hmm. that also needed the structure or they needed the, um, Oh, what's the right word? Like explicit list is is Mm -hmm. what keeps coming to my mind. Right. But we talk about precision of language. We talk very specifically Mm -hmm. about what we need and, and it's just all of how we parent and how we operate as a family was um, was just what the first kids that came to us mm-hmm. needed. And you, you both have backgrounds in social work. And so I am, I know as a teacher, uh, even just, I took one developmental psychology class in college and that seriously influenced how I parented my kids. Um, and I was like 20 when I took that class, I wasn't married yet. I, kids weren't on my radar, but there were nuggets that stuck with me that like, when our son was in that like egocentricity phase, I mean, he's still in it. He's only 19. Um, I would go, he can't help it. He can't help it. He can't help it. Like, uh, and it, and it, that really grounded me. So I imagine, uh, some of your education and training and professional experience, like you're talking about, um, precision of language and how we communicate our needs. And to me, that just sounds like, not just sounds like, but it sounds like, some of your life experiences, uh, especially because some of those are shared with you guys, uh, came into play in your parenting, like they do with with so many parents, uh, and positively influenced uh, your perspective. You know, 
um, saying that we're uniquely wired for this, you know, we're or uniquely positioned for this. That's that's a matter of perspective uh, when you're considering cost. Um, it's a matter of perspective. So what, what were some of the costs that, uh, your kids have experienced, your other kids? Well, not, no, all of your kids have experienced as you guys have endeavored into serving, right? Foster and adopt. We started with foster and adoptive, but, but beyond that, like just any of the serving you do, because one thing that comes to my mind, um, and maybe it's cause we don't expect enough of our kids in this regard, uh, is like chores, Having animals exponentially increases the chores that yeah. they have to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think like on that, like um, the boys get up 20 minutes earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And we take care of the animals in the morning, you know, and there's mornings where like, uh, it's cold outside, dad, we don't want to go out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. but they recognize like, hey, we got to take care of these animals. And um, it's interesting watching them because like, you know, with the therapy farm, really I do the therapy. So like, I have to be careful on how much they help and when they help. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're like, oh, we really want to help with all these things. This is our way of helping, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, they're nine and 10 and it's cold outside. Who wants to go out there? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, and I think the pieces of like, Hey, sometimes we sacrifice weekends, right? Like, Hey, we got to reorganize this pasture. We are going to dig holes. That sounds exciting. Right? Yeah, like, right. Um, <laughs> you know, or we're going to build this. Racks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think sometimes like, Oh, instead of us maybe going to Lake Michigan, we're going to spend the weekend on redoing this, you know, mm-hmm. and it may not feel like it has a huge impact, but it really does, mm-hmm. you know? So I think some of the costs of that. Um, and I think the other piece too, is just like, you know, the benefit of that, right. Is like, we're doing it together as a family. Mm. You know, the cost of that is, is, is that a time I could be with a friend or doing something else. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. I would say too, like sometimes we get into like a, a mindset of like, oh, I could just do this myself and it would be a lot quicker or a lot yeah. easier or right. But um those life skills, working through the conflict, like all of that is it's needed, mm-hmm. right? So uh yeah, bringing them along with this is just this is part of life and we do hard <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and we do hard mm-hmm. because, right? Yeah. Because of the reward, because of the blessing, because of whatever well and i and i think even going back to like remembering one of our first foster kids right like uh we got one of the horses and him and this horse are dancing together i mean like i like i cannot explain it well enough but like they were in rhythm and they were both having a good time Mm. and this is a kid that grew up in the city Mm -hmm. he had multiple siblings and the most protective kid he was over was landon Mm -hmm. um like he was like this is my brother anybody messes with him like you're gonna be in trouble and it was in you know, there was a cost because, you know, our kids, you know, saw different behaviors and different challenges and we had to work through that hard. You know, but at the same time, we saw this beautiful gift that this kid was going to have for a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like, okay, sacrificing these things created a new opportunity for him that hopefully will grow in the future. Yeah. You know, so I think kind of going back to that mindset, like I struggled with this topic of like, okay, how do I talk about sacrifice? Like, oh, but I see all these great things that come from it. Yeah. yeah. My my brain doesn't stay there in that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenny, was, oh, go ahead. Go I was ahead. thinking the same thing as we were, as I was like thinking about cost of service, like inherently there's cost because service is sacrifice and there's, it wouldn't be sacrificed if there wasn't cost, right? Yeah. Um, but just to what Nick said, like, but we don't stay there um, because because of why, right? Because of um, what God infuses into us, even mm-hmm. when we're serving. Mm-hmm. 
Do you ever, uh, Jenny, you mentioned conflict earlier. Um, when you're, when you're in having moments of tension, I, I love the word tension. Tension is everywhere. Um, but tension is not necessarily a bad thing, right? When we learn to identify tension and then lean into it, I think we can discover all kinds of beauty. And, uh, I know we've gone through some seasons with our family of trying to figure out like, what's our niche where, where can we serve together? And there were like just little bits of tension occasionally in those things. Uh, like we're going to go to food pantry. So back when our food pantry used to also have a clothing closet and we're just going to help out in the clothing part of it. Right. And we like literally for three hours, like Danny and the kids would sort hangers that's what we did for, that's what they did for three hours. And I walked around and like clean tables and interacted with guests. And, um, there was a little bit of tension in that. Like, why, what's the point in this? Like we're sorting hangers for three hours. Like, how is that helping anybody? But they saw the bigger picture and they were immersed in what was happening. And so that conflict was minor. That tension was light. Uh, but we navigated through it. What, what kinds of tension have you had to navigate? Like, with your kids or as a family, as you guys have served together, or has there really not been, you know, very much, I guess. Yeah. I don't think, um, so I don't think there has been like overt conflict, but just the, like, I got to get up early to come and, Mm -hmm. you know, serve at bright beginnings. But when you serve and then after Mm -hmm. there's, you know, just the reward and, they're actually more awake and you know <laughs> more selfless and mm-hmm. and thoughtful um well i think remembering back to when we ran the food pantry so jen was running the food pantry for mm-hmm. a while before the quads were born and it was like okay uh we're gonna get up early on saturdays and we have to also make sure we get the food for the you know and organize all that and i'm like oh man i do social work you know, all the time. Then I'm going to give up my Saturdays yeah, to do to go hang out with people. Yeah. And so Jen's like, well, what if you just stay in and talk to people? Like, just talk to them. Right. So like mm-hmm. I took on this job of like, okay, I'll stand by the door and greet people. Meanwhile, like I'm enjoying talking to all these people. And <laughs> right, all that, right. Like, you know, so like that tension though, it's like, okay, yeah. like, do I really, you know, do I have the energy to give this? And then, mm-hmm. oh wait, like those are the things that charge me up and help me and get mm-hmm. through it. You know, mm-hmm. but like sometimes it's easy to get stuck on like, okay, this cost might be too great. I'm really not trusting God in that, that yeah. challenge, right? Like, okay, God, you want me to do this. You're going to give me that energy. You're going to open the avenues, right? Like, even with the therapy farm, okay, like, all right, it, it sounds funny, but hay season is always a nervous time for me because I have to make sure I get hay, mm-hmm. you know? And so, okay, like, it creates a tension in me that other people can feel. Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, but like, okay, I get through it. I'm like, why was I worried about that? Like, I know that's God's going to provide those things. So I think like there's these just little pieces, you know, like, and and go a little bit deeper, like within our jobs, we do things that have stresses. And even though she does this more macro piece where she's working the systems of social work, Mm -hmm. you're meeting with high level people and you're meeting with other people that may not see God's intention in what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whereas like in my job, like there's days I come home and I'm like, uh, I have zero. Right, like mm. I need you a hundred percent because you know, like I've given all this to other yeah. people, and if I don't verbalize that, it can create tension in the family. Like, oh, like dad needs to compress, watch out for dad, you know, like, sure. um, which isn't fair to them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, like I think there's there's tensions in a different way, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I hear, I hear in what you're saying, a lot of self-awareness. Uh, I feel like that's key uh, in this. Like, no, you know, you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself well enough to be able to identify uh, when you're feeling that tension um, and how you, how the way you're carrying yourself is impacting other people or how you're treating people. Like sometimes I'll hear, I'll hear the tone of my voice when I'm saying something and I'll, I'll literally say, hold on. I don't know where that tone is coming from, but that's not how I meant to say that. Let me say that again, you know, because there's something inside of me that I'm like, Oh, 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 I'm upset about something. And I'm taking it out on whoever I'm talking to right now. And I'm not meaning to. So um, you touched on something, Nick, that I think is really good to, to circle around to. Um, I do social work all week. And now we're vol- volunteering in this ministry that is very social work in its nature. You know, I had the same experience when I was teaching. I taught elementary school and I was feeling this like you should be serving in kids ministry. Um, back when it was here uh, at Jackson as when it was kids first. So we... Um, it was in this like little room and there were like 90 kids packed into a room that was made for like 50. And, uh, and in my mind, I was like, it's just classroom management. They just need more bodies in the room to help manage the group because the pastor, the kids pastor is teaching and I just don't want to do it. I work 60 hours a week. I don't, I don't want to do it on Sunday. Like I want to have more than just Saturday to myself. I, I want to come and worship and that won't feel like worship. It'll feel like work. And then I accidentally volunteered to teach in Kit City um, when they moved into a bigger space because the ministry was growing and everything. And I was like, okay, okay. Elijah had gotten into first grade and that's when they made the move. And I was like, I, I taught first grade. I was like, I know first grade. So I'll just go in and serve with my kid. And I meant to volunteer to be a small group leader, but I used the wrong word and I, and I said teacher instead of leader. And then Crystal cried and she was like, you are an answer to prayer. And I was like, well, it looks like I'm teaching. And it unlocked something in me that I didn't even know was dormant because I had gotten in my own way. And I had said, this is what I do for a living. This is my profession. I, I don't want to do it when I'm at church. Um, or when I'm serving the Lord directly, you know? Um, and that was like, uh, you know, taste and see that the Lord is good. It was a moment like that for me, my first experience with preaching. And, and now like, that's about to be the main thing that I do with my life. And so, um, and it's been a journey that, that began there. So, uh, I think it's great to say, to identify that tension that exists in this is what I do all the time. I don't want to do it at church. Well, what if God wants to take that thing that you do for a living and employ it for the kingdom outside of your place of work? Cause you could totally minister while you work, wherever you work, you, you alluded to that too. Um, but you could also work more directly in kingdom work, serving the church or, or some nonprofit in your community that's focusing on God or whatever. Um, teaching at a Christian university, you know, or, or whatever. And, uh, but do like, God has given me these gifts. God has provided financially for my family through the use of these gifts. Well, he may also want me to just volunteer these gifts in other ways. So I think that's yeah. beautiful. A lot of times we talk about like, if not us, then who, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like we believe mm-hmm. so, so much in American Heritage Girls or quizzing or, I mean, that, that takes a lot of energy, yeah. um, but it also infuses a lot of energy, right? Mm-hmm. And I believe so strongly in those ministries and such a blessing to be able to be a part. Um, but I think that there is that, like, <clears throat> if not us, then who? And when it's hard, knowing and trusting, that, right, that God is going to use us. And um, yeah. Well, I think like even like, uh, you know, talking about Spring Arbor, like we take cross-cultural trips mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, like we've talked about this piece, you know, like, okay, like, can I be gone for three weeks? And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like at the same time, I'm a relationship person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is an opportunity to build relationships and spend time with them. It's not just about going overseas and, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, uh, okay, how do we make that work? And sometimes, you know, like the, the tension is okay. Like the dynamics of all these moving pieces and the other piece is like, Oh wait, this is what God's asked me to be or do. Mm-hmm. And if I do those things and I'm vulnerable, right. Cause I think there's a big piece of this is cost is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, if I take that vulnerability and I actually <laughs> do, you know, what God's asked me to do, what, how am I shaping those other people? Mm-hmm. How am I impacting their, their lives? And what are they getting that creates them to want to do service mm-hmm. or build in the other people? You know, so, um, you know, we've talked about that piece, you know, like, how do we make this work? Um, and sometimes it's, okay, God will make it work. We were not in control of that, right? And so the cost is also control sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have control of this. You know, like, well, I need good. to trust and I need to dive in. And God's going to make those things work the way they need to work because other people have gifts to help us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're interconnected. You know, like, we're not just us serving. Mm-hmm. We're part of a bigger picture. I, oh, man. Vulnerability, the co- one of the costs is vulnerability. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Jenny, you said you wrote that down. So I'll, g- I'll give you just a second because I can tell you want to add to that and I want you to. Um, cost is like control. That's huge. That's so huge because we can't control the outcome. And we don't even know the outcome a lot of times when we serve. Like we just invest and then trust, right? And so invest was the other thing I thought of while you were saying that because. Um, when you like monetarily, when you invest money, like say you're putting money away for retirement and you're investing that money. So hopefully it'll grow or whatever. Um, regardless of the condition of the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, but you're investing, hoping for a greater return in, and so when you serve, you're really investing is still a cost. You're still putting something out there, right? You're still putting money into something, but you're putting money into something hoping for a greater return and and so when we talk about serving it's a one of the like trust is where cost becomes investment i think is you just trust that the lord is going to multiply uh your inve- your investment um he's going to work through you to create a greater return and only he can do that um so anyway jenny what were you what were you going to or did you have anything to add about vulnerability or? Yeah. So when we were thinking about like service, um, what comes to mind immediately is the cost of time or money. Mm-hmm. But I think also like the cost of of self, right? And putting yourself mm-hmm. out there um, in a way that um, that your intention is to give <laughs> yourself, you know, to others, to other people, to the ministry. Um, and in that, that can be, um, that can just infuse thoughts, right. Of, is this for me? Am I, 
am I helpful? Mm. Um, did I hear right and discern that God has this for us? Or am I, am I doing this? Cause I think I should. Mm. Um, so just having that, that openness and vulnerability to say, God, is this, am I you through this? Mm. Like, am I your hands and feet or, um, or is there some pride or, you know, some other reason? So I think just the vulnerability of sorting that out with God mm-hmm. um, and letting him give you the confidence or give you the <laughs> the strength, the mm-hmm. patience, the endurance, you know, um, whatever it is. Because, I mean, Nick mentioned when God is is putting something together, like you shouldn't get in the way, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right, yeah. So just being open to not the barriers that we see, but um, to his guidance. Yeah, and I think with vulnerability too, like um, I think this is true of any part of the helping field, people view you as like, oh, you got it, right? Like mm-hmm. you're helping other people, so you know all these skills, right? Like yeah. how many skills do I teach other people? I'm like, I don't want to use that skill, um, <laughs> you know? But I think like sometimes like the cost is, is that people don't see that you need that help too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're, whether it's like, hey, you're managing and you're helping people in the church or you're helping people in schools and all that. Like when they see that you're a high go person, mm-hmm. they don't realize like you have down moments too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or they expect like, like, hey, oh, you can manage that because you've managed all these other things. And so that vulnerability sometimes gets pushed to the side because mm-hmm. people don't see like, oh man, like I, I need to ask Nick how he's doing. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, look at all these great things you're doing. But yeah, what cost? I like, I'm yeah. emotional or I'm tired. Um, yeah, I think in the world of adoption, right? Like adoption is a wonderful thing, but there's a big cost to adopting. Yeah. You know, and um, you're helping a child who's been through some kind of trauma, right? Like yeah. there's not a adoptive kid who doesn't have a level of trauma, mm. right? Um, and so, hey, you're bringing that into your home and there are good times and there's rough times. And sometimes People don't know about the rough times of adoption, right? You know, um, that vulnerability to say like, hey, I'm struggling right now, right? Like I've developed people. I can be like, hey, I'm having a hard time. Can you support me? Mm-hmm. You know, like there is a cost. Is there a wonderful benefit where like I know God's going to do amazing things? Yeah. Sure. But like that vulnerability to say like, yep, this isn't easy, you know? Yeah. I, I oh, man. And this is what I was hoping for. Like it's so rich in, in to say like cost and benefit are are not mutually exclusive in serving right um so to say like i don't want to frame cost negatively jesus said like what what builder doesn't count the cost before beginning construction essentially right that's the james paraphrase but um what what general doesn't like count the cost before sending his his army or his his battalion into battle or whatever um I got to count the cost first. I mean, it's just wisdom. Look at what it's going to cost before you dive in. Not to say, uh, so if it costs something or if it costs too much, then you shouldn't do it. But just to to say, hey, like nothing is free. Um, This is going to cost something. But the reward is so great. Uh, I think of Paul's words, um, the joy that awaits us, or it's the other way around the the trials that we face now pale in comparison to the joy that, that that is set before us, you know? And I think we get to experience little glimpses of that when we serve like on both sides, 
right? The trials, like the cost, like the, the difficulties, but then the joy that we experience on the other side of serving, like you mentioned, Jenny, like serving in Bright Beginnings, uh, which is our ministry to littlest kids. You mentioned uh, American Heritage Girls, which is a scout, a Christian-based scouting ministry that your family's involved in. You mentioned Bible quizzing, which is like pretty self-explanatory, but um, but another ministry involving kids and youth and uh, in scripture and diving into that. So the reward on the other side of all of those things um, is is worth the the investment and the time uh, to do all of those things. In addition to uh, ministering through your work and uh, the the animal therapy uh, farm at home and uh, the other things that you guys are involved in 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 just the way you live your lives. Um, I think I um. One thing that surprised me that came out of serving together at Bright Beginnings, and it shouldn't have because I trust you guys, but um, yeah. but just the benefit of serving together. Um, mm. Nick mentioned sometimes you know we're home with our family, working outside or or doing you know things around the house instead of you know maybe being with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just us, but uh, there's there is a level of of hard in just being together all the time, right? But also um, in serving in Bright Beginnings, it isn't, I don't just like come in and then, you know, teach and be with the three-year-olds. Like my family has been together all morning and we know the like struggle or, you know, or ease that has brought us into church. But in that, that also creates like, we're here to serve, Mm-hmm. Right. So put that aside and be Jesus to these kids. Um, put that aside and love. Um, and I, I don't know how to explain this, but but it, it feels a bit easier to do that when you're not with your family all the time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so just thinking about costs. Right. But um, but because I'm serving with my kids, I can see how God is working in that ministry with them. Um there, Brooke in particular, she uh, she looks forward to serving every morning. She is not a morning person. Okay. She is usually not a like, <laughs> what do you want to do kind of person. Yeah. Um, but to see how God is using Bright Beginnings mm-hmm. and that service opportunity through her, like it's hard to get all of us in, you know, to mm-hmm. first service sometimes. Um, so from a cost perspective, but yeah. the blessing and to be able to be first or, you know, front row to what God is doing through service, through my kids, um, is definitely like, all right, well, I'll get you in the car. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be worth it when yeah. we get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I have, we could probably continue to talk about all of this stuff. Um, for quite a long time, but uh, I'm just going to wrap us up with a prayer. I, we like to end each of these episodes with a prayer, um, and so I'm just going to do that here. That felt like a good place to kind of to kind of conclude the conversation. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the whole Pollock family uh, and the way you are working through them, and the way that in the way that they serve you through everything that they do, um, in the whole family, Nick and Jenny, and all of their kids, um, it's so beautiful to hear uh, these perspectives. Like the blessing that it is for parents to get to see how you're using their kids, and um, the the blessing of like opening their home 
uh, to serve people in need through the animal farm and the way that you have led them into professions that are about serving other people and leveraged what they've gained and learned and how they've grown through those professions to serve people through the church and just the history of serving that they have and the beautiful balance that exists in uh, through the person, like we can see the balance through the perspective of like, yes, there's a cost involved in serving and, and Jesus, you told us to count the cost, uh, but there is a reward in serving as well. And you knew that reward when you said count the cost, but you said that knowing that the reward is greater than the cost. And so God, I just, I pray for people who hear this, that they, that they would see the cost of serving as an investment and that you multiply the return uh, and that you multiply it in ways that, um, like Jenny said, like, I trust you guys, so I should have seen this coming. Uh, but like, it kind of surprised me and it's been so great. God, surprise people. <clears throat> Give them the trust to step out and to try something uh, and then just to trust you uh, with the return, whether they'll see the return or not. Sometimes we get to and sometimes we don't, uh, but just grow trust so that the cost of serving, uh, you know, we can stand firm in in our faith that the tr- the cost in serving uh, has a return uh, in your hands. That that is just great because that's why we do it. Um, we we get to partner with you uh, to see your will done, your work done, your your kingdom uh, expanding and growing. Knowing that when we serve others, we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but also when we serve the least of these, anything that we do for the least of these brothers and sisters of yours, Jesus, we do for you. And so we get to like be Jesus and we also get to serve Jesus at the same time. Um, and that alone is worth the cost, but, uh, but you don't stop there. You give us so much more. And so thank you for that. Uh, and let all of that be known and experienced uh, for anybody who's listening to this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.